For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. Welcome into the program. Happy Friday to you. Hope it's starting off well for you. And uh, we've got a lot we're going to talk about today. Uh, We are going to be discussing the, well, we'll talk about the history of South Coast Radio a little bit later on with our guest Donna Halper in the 11 o'clock hour. In the 1030 hour, we will will have um, New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and we will have Ward 3 Councillor Sean Oliver joining us. And we can talk about what happened in last night's council meeting. Uh, and we will cover that as well leading up to that discussion. And you can read Adam Bass's story at WBSM.com and on the app. Hold on just one second. I know. I'm, I know I'm sending a text message. And so we'll talk about that as well. You can check out the story ahead of time uh, before we launch into that discussion. But I I didn't want to have to start the show today talking about uh, Tucker Carlson because we started every show this week talking about him. But there was a question from Marcus Uno uh, on the app chat, and I'm not sure if that got addressed on the air or not. But it said, I've been told by two people they heard on WBSM that Tucker Carlson is still getting paid by Fox News $2 million per month. Is this a rumor that you guys have started or misinformed or what? I haven't read this or seen this anywhere. Uh, the, the reporting from the Wall Street Journal was that he was still going to be paid the remainder of his contract. He was, I mean, he was fired not for just cause, at least as far as any other reporting has happened. So it was a... In that case, you know, they they can be on the hook for paying the remainder of his salary. And so the Wall Street Journal did report that he will be paid out the remainder of his contract. Um, And then somebody probably did the math based on what his deal was. He had signed a new deal in 2021. So somebody probably did the math. And that's that's where they're getting that number from. Just just so that you're aware. Um, And also last night I started off... uh, well, no, I, I kind of already started off my summer concert series, I guess, when I went to see Tiffany last Sunday. But I went with my parents to see, well, with my dad. My mom didn't go into the concert, but we went and saw Bush at Foxwoods. And what a show. Everything that I've seen at that premiere theater has been amazing. The sound system in there is incredible. The acoustics in there are incredible. 
Uh, I couldn't hear for about 20 minutes after the show because it was so loud, but it was it was really great. It was awesome. So if any of you were uh, were there at the show, you know what I'm talking about. It was amazing. And I, I can't believe it took me, you know, 25 plus years to go, almost 30 years to go see them live, but I'm glad that I did. All right, so let's get into the discussion about what happened in last night's city council meeting. Uh, and again, you can read the story at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Uh, Adam Bass was there covering it last night, and he has his tweets are a little are, are, are in depth. If you want to kind of follow along when these meetings are happening, you can follow him at, at Adam Bass of Mass, and he does a good job of really giving you the scene setters of what's going on, and it allows for you to kind of get a play by play of what's happening. So even though his story covers it all too, you could go onto his Twitter and, and see more of it as well. And so basically, the bottom line from this is all three of Mayor Mitchell's vetoes on those proposed non-binding ballot questions were sustained. So the questions will not appear on the ballot. You will not have the questions of rent stabilization, Repealing the CPA and returning the mayor's term to two years, those questions will not be on the ballot as introduced in this manner. There is still the opportunity that if somebody wanted to, and city councilors included, if they wanted to get the necessary signatures to get them placed on the ballot, they could do so. But from, from my understanding, that would make them non, uh, that would make them binding. So they could still go out and collect enough signatures to have the question placed on the ballot. But in terms of this model of, of this methodology of getting them on there, it, it's not happening. Now, the downside to that is I did think that at least the rent stabilization question was going to get some some people out to vote. As much as I didn't want to see you know i i I'd listen to all the sides on the rent stabilization and i i don't know that it's necessarily the best idea i think that there's it, at least it's got to be a plan that landlords are on board with and they weren't even consulted until they got called until you know it was called out that they weren't consulted So could there be some rent control measures that are put in place? Sure. But it has to be something that has to have all the stakeholders at the table as part of the discussions. The CPA question, of course, you know that I thought that that was ridiculous. That it does so much good for not a lot of money from each taxpayer. And the four-year mayoral term, I think even if you don't love the idea of a four-year term, if you don't love the, the, the fact that New Bedford now has a four-year mayoral term, you haven't had enough time with it to reverse it. And I also feel like that should have been a question that comes from the same way that it got changed in the first place, which is 
the collection of signatures by people, by an organization, to get it placed on the ballot. To me, that just seemed like it was... It seemed like a John Mitchell question to me. It wasn't a mayoral question. It was a John Mitchell question. It was about the city council wanting to repeal what they feel John Mitchell had pushed for, which he did. But the... um, the votes were, let me give them to you in case you don't have access to read. I've got it here from, uh, from Adam Bass's story. So the, the, the rent stabilization, they voted six to five to sustain the mayor's veto. Six, six councilors voted to sustain the veto. Uh, the other two questions, uh, the CPA, I'm sorry, was three to eight. So that didn't that didn't resonate with any other councillor except for councillors Morad, Gomes, and Burgo. And the uh, mayoral term also was six to five. And the fact that it was those three that voted to override the vetoes in each one just makes me wonder: was there some? agreement in place because they they were the ones who put forth these these questions I'll support yours you support mine and the rest of the council just seemed to say yeah no I don't think so 508-996-0500 good morning you were on WBSM hi I understand that uh, rent control is different it uh, there's a distinction with a difference However, the conversation is pretty much the same, and uh, come November, we get to vote. However, we're going to target the debt to the point that people, mom and pops, grandma well, and grandpa, are going to give up their property. No, they're we're not going to vote on it. It, it, it. The question won't be on the ballot. But we're talking about it anyway, and we're going to keep talking about it. What, what, what I'm getting to, to cut right to the chase, is that what we're doing is fear tactics. For people like me, I'm 70 years old, and I'm here rent control. I'm hearing uh, this and that, blah, blah, blah. All I'm hearing is that I'm not going to make a dollar as a landlord. I'm going to be a disenfranchised landlord, which is a new creature. Actually own property and be disenfranchised because I can't name my rent, whether... Whether I want to or not, I'm going to have the state's going to control my personal property investment, and I don't. And I'm just a civilian. I'm not corporate, but corporate's going to buy me up. And when the train comes in, people are going to own property because me, old grandpa, I'm selling out, and so you're going to fill that house with different people from your friends in Boston, and you're you're going to own it. It's going to be a nice little tidy situation with the train coming to New Bedford. I think it's terrible. Well, I think I think, I think there's collusion with the council on this. I, I don't know about that, but I think that there's you know I there's do. there's plans in place. You know the 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 housing plan um, will have some long term solutions. I don't think that even if rent stabilization was something that the the city voters had decided to go forward with, I don't think it could have been a permanent solution anyway. I mean, how many how many years could you really get away with that before you start to see the negative effects of it? Uh, so I think yeah, that 
That's a good point. But you got to also keep in mind, though, that your problem isn't with your New Bedford residents. It's with your out-of-town uh, uh, absentee landlords who own a bulk of the property, and you just keep buying up people like me. And uh, they're absentee landlords. They have, most of the complaints are about the absentee landlords, the condition. What are they paying? What are they charging the people for rent? Uh, what is the condition of the property? Uh, blah, 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 blah. They're not accountable. And yet the complaints that come in are primarily about out-of-town owners, absentee landlords, investment properties. If they're investment properties, please tax them as investment properties because mom and pop and me and grandma, we're not into that. We're just simply making something for our retirement. Well, they do, they do look into ways. Uh, I know the council has looked into ways in the past, and I'm sure they will in the future, to... Um, I'm not sure have more, do anything. No, no, they they have they, they want to have more teeth in the enforcement of some of these things that the the out of town landlords don't follow up with. So they eventually. Yeah, it's a lot of talk. You know how many years it took to buy up all this property to be an absentee landlord with multiple multiple properties that are untenable. It's amazing to me how you let it go on. It's collusion. Backdoor hmm. money, side window money, and that's what it's going on. And now you're talking about it again. So. And my brother, who's 72, he'll sell his property. And there you go. And corporate's going to buy it up and trains coming in and people from Boston going to live cheap in New Bedford. It's going to be a nice little setup while you're pushing us right out of the community. All right. You don't see it that way? I don't. Maybe but you're that's... on the take. All right. That's not... Don't be ridiculous. You don't even live in the city, by the way. Let's just remind everybody that you're not even a New Bedford resident, so... No, 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 no response to that. Yeah, take a shot at me. I'll take a shot back. I'm on the take. Get out of here. Sorry. I mean, you're entitled to an opinion, but you're acting like you're the uh, you're the put upon New Bedford resident by this when you don't even live in the city. So you want to call in and say I'm on the take. I'm on the take. You don't. You don't even have a vested interest in what what the city council here decides. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi Tim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Fine. Thanks. I just wanted to mention something about the rent control or rent stabilization. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also have somebody who owns a two family or a three family, and they have family members living there, and they're giving them a break on the rent. Um, and, you know, they're paying well below market rate. Um, and I don't think that those people, I don't know if they would be considered like, you know, investment, um, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I, I think there is, there is still a lot of that in the city. There's a lot of people who are, you know, either, either it's, it's multiple members of the family that live there or it's people who live in, in town who are also just, you know, all, own these buildings. I mean, how many times has somebody inherited one of these buildings, but yet they've bought their own house? So they just say, right. okay, well, I'm going to rent this out and I don't need the money so I can keep my rents affordable. Right. I mean, you know, that's the case um, for us. And we have my grandson living in one of them. And we're not, you know, we're certainly not charging him an arm and a leg. And um, I just think that that would be unfair to penalize people. I don't know. I think I'm kind of against it. I think that I really think that um, if they build new uh, housing, subsidized housing, that might be good. But I don't know where you're going to put it. 
unless you rehab like some of the factories. Yeah, they, I mean, so they're, they're, they're looking at that. They're looking at what properties, and, you know, the mayor talked about it the other day when they were talking about um, some of the properties that are being developed now where he said, you know, we, we have no problems talking with people who own those properties and saying, hey, we really need residential property. If you don't want to turn these buildings that are sitting empty into that, maybe you can sell to somebody who will. And they right, try to help right. facilitate that. Right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that that would be a great the rent stabilization would be a good thing. And, I see more problems. And I don't know if you've had a chance to read the, the city's housing plan that was that was put out a few weeks ago, but, I mean, it seems like that's something that can help in the long run with creating more housing if if all of that stuff is taken care of. Things like the red tape that developers look at and say, there's a lot of obstacles to jump through to build in New Bedford, mm-hmm. and those those are things that can be easily fixed by the council and the administration just being on the same page and, and getting that stuff out of the way. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm positive. I, I have a positive feeling about where it might go going forward. I think it won't be a downward slide like it is now, but I think um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a long time to, to get things to where they need to be. Right, right. So, all right. Very well, good. Thank, thank you. you for the call. Have a good day. And, uh, if, oops, sorry. If you want to call in and chime in, 508-996-0500. Or you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app, or you can send us an open line voicemail on the WBSM app. All the different ways that you can get involved in the conversation. Right now, though, I am going to take our first break, and uh, we'll be back in just a few moments. in uh by the way uh we will give away our final pair of willie nelson tickets this morning uh in this hour because you can actually buy them beginning at 10 a.m they go on sale at LiveNation.com. willie nelson's outlaw music festival september 16th at xfinity center in mansfield and uh you'll be able to get those tickets beginning at 10 a.m but we'll have your last chance to win them before you can buy them coming up before the end of the hour so head on over to wbsm.com or the app and enter to win and uh, we, we may just draw your name coming up. So I think, you know, if you go, if you haven't entered already, a lot of you already have, but if you haven't un- entered already, it's, it should only take you like a minute or two. You just got to type a couple of things into the box and then that puts you into the system and we might draw your name. So it's, it's pretty easy to do. So if you get it done in the next, oh, 10 minutes or so, you've got a shot at winning our final pair of tickets to see Willie Nelson and the Outlaw Music Festival. He turns 90 years old tomorrow. So happy birthday, Willie. All right, we have a call on the VIP line. Let's see who is on the line here. Uh, good morning. You were on WBSM. Hey, Tim, good morning. It's Scott Lima, the Ward 5 City Council. Hey, Scott, how are you? Good, good. Um, I don't have your um, cell phone number. I can te- You can text me 
if you want to give that to me, because I can let you know if I'm calling in. Sure, so absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so my, my, my phone number is 508-965-1457. And so um, I just want to, uh, staying on topic uh, with regard to last night's meeting, and in particular rent stabilization, I just wanted to call in this morning um, and just talk about uh, a privilege that I had last night. And the privilege was standing among the protesters, folks who were against my vote. And I call it a privilege because, you know, in many countries, uh, if you're in disagreement with someone, you might find yourself in Moscow locked up for 25 years in jail. Or if you're in Khartoum in Sudan, you know, people shooting you in the street. Last night, I showed up at the at City Hall at about uh, 6.40, 20 minutes before 7. City Council meeting starts at 7. I showed up that, at that time because I knew that there would be a protest going on in front of City Hall um, that was uh, in favor of rent stabilization and therefore uh, a position that's diametrically opposed to where I where, uh, where I stood on the issue. Mm-hmm. But I was able to stand there among the protesters. And I stood right in the front row, not in the back, not hiding, not sheepishly, but standing right there in the front row listening to people. And, and people are giving their opinions and chanting, both them out, both them out. They're talking about me. But I just want to always make sure that we understand that in this country that we are privileged. And I had the privilege last night of standing in the front row of, of people. And I was outnumbered like 50 to 1 of chanting, both them out, talking about me. But peaceful protests where people can agree, agree to disagree. And I always want to make sure that we are reminded in this country that we're able to do that. And I also had... Um, uh, um, in uh, an exchange with uh, one of the protest organizers, Eric Andrade, who does a great job of getting out there, organizing people. He and I probably disagree about on 90% of the issues, but he does a great job of getting people out there. Um, that's what this country is all about. He and I talked. We uh, uh, disagreed on some issues outside of city council chambers, but it was a privilege to be able to speak to him again um, in a public forum where um, we can peacefully do this in the United States. I'm not going to go on and on. That's that's specifically what I wanted to talk about. It's a privilege that we have here in this country. Absolutely. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your votes last night uh, in regards to the vetoes. We had gotten uh, the press releases from you uh, regarding the way that you felt about it. But just your your thoughts on the process and, and how everything played out with, you know, this, this way of trying to put questions on the ballot. Sure. So process. Uh, that's kind of a difficult one. Maybe I don't something to talk. I can expand on that, but this is what I can tell you. And, I, and what I'll do is I'll talk about very briefly about the, uh, the mayoral recall. Um, so things are brought up before city council. Um, I knew that Council Burgo was going to be proposing the rent stabilization question. I knew that was coming. I had no idea that the two other questions were coming. I had absolutely no idea. So here you are, in, uh, you're in a city council meeting, and you know you get a couple of days heads up that these questions are coming. I didn't know except for like two days in advance, three days in advance. Then these questions come up, and you can either just you know just vote no to not send them to committee or have further uh, discussion, which I think most people want us to do, or you can give a chance to have some robust debate. So at the end of the day, when we look at the questions, so I'm in favor of having some debate about issues. So I voted um, yes on, on all three of those issues. Now, uh, last night, I voted to sustain the mayor's vetoes on all three, which is a position completely different than it seems like I had previously, specifically on the mayoral question. Um, look, um, I called the mayor, and I, I'm going to tell you flat out, and I'll put it out there in the public, if the mayor wanted my support to sustain his veto on the mayoral term, 
then I want him to discuss a, a mayoral recall provision. That's called leverage. I just throw it right out there. I'm sure the mayor's folks are listening. I'm sure the public is listening. That's how this whole. That's how this all works. That's how this all works. I just don't do. I'm, I'm not in favor of everything the mayor wants. I'm not opposed to everything that he wants. But if I want something, then there's going to be some horse trading that goes on. That's no secret. And I'm just going to say it. That's how that worked out in particular. And if those questions never came up that the councils brought up, then I think it's safe to say, just like I have praised Mayor, excuse me, just like I have praised Council Burgo for putting forth debate that helped bring forth the mayor's plan. The mayor's plan, housing plan was maybe coming up First week of April, first week of May, first week of June, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I know because Council Burgo was out there forcing the issue that it came up. Well, I also know the recall uh, came up because of, of the questions coming up in my talking to the mayor. That's a long way of saying that I got what I wanted last night, and sometimes this is what it takes. So the process may not be uh, as smooth as people want it, but it brings out good things. Absolutely. All right. Well, I thank you for the call and, and for the insight. Absolutely. You have a great day, and uh, uh, if you wish, you can always text me some information so I can get in touch with you. Thank Absolutely, you so too. And also, too, just a heads up, I haven't seen anything from Maven's Delicatessen about an opening date yet, but I'll let you know if I do. Yeah. Please do. All right. I'm okay. looking forward to some pastrami. <laughs> have All a good right. weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you. You, too. Okay. That is uh, Ward 5 Councillor Scott Lima giving some insight into uh, into last night's vote and also the the way that it all played out and i think you know that's absolutely right it started discussion and um and i think that that discussion is something that now you can't you can't shy away from now you can't turn away from that and say well we'll we'll address that later because now these issues have been brought up to the forefront i think the cpa issue should probably you know but what, what what you get out of this, I think, what what you can take away from the CPA question, the repeal of the Community Preservation Act that was proposed, is you can look at that and say, well, maybe we need to do a better job of explaining to residents what that money is going to. Maybe we need to, you know, send out a little something in the mail that says, you're wondering why you pay this surcharge on your property taxes. Here's what it went to. And here's how much money, like you can tell me all you want. You can send me press releases. You can post stuff on social media all you want. But that doesn't reach the people who are probably the people that are complaining about it. Uh, if, if, you know, if I can speculate a little bit as to who, who might be complaining about it. Uh, I think the people who are able to access social media, the city's website, the city's Facebook page, um, the ones who are out there actively involved with different organizations, I think they all have an understanding of what the CPA does and how it has helped the city since it went into effect. But I don't think that those are the people that might have been calling Council President Morad and saying, what is this surcharge all about? Uh, I wish I could get rid of this off my bill. I think that those are the folks who don't have access to that information or else they might know already what it's all about. So... I think maybe sending out a mailer, sending out a little something just with the next round of taxes and say, just so you know, we want to give you this bit of information, a little bit of an education campaign as to what, and you don't even have to do it just with this, the CPA surcharge. You can do it with just an explainer for the taxes overall. Um, I'm a renter. I don't pay property taxes. I've never received 
communication from a municipality about property taxes. So I don't know if they have like a, a glossary of terms or a breakdown of what it's all about included with it. I know that uh, with other taxes that I pay, I don't get to see exactly how it all breaks down. Um, every time I get an excise tax bill, I just yell at the envelope. My car is not worth nearly as much as you think that it is. But, you know, I don't I don't bother to get an adjustment on it because we're talking about what's probably a difference of like a thousand bucks because my car isn't worth much more than that. Uh, but that's that's what I think is is a little bit needed when it comes to the CPA question is that people just had a better idea than they might feel a little bit differently about it. There was a tweet that Adam had last night, and I'm going to try to look it up, uh, where uh, Council President Moore, and we can ask her about this when uh, when she calls in in the next hour, but there was a a statement that she made about the CPA and the, the people who had been contacting her about it. And I'm going to try to find that because she said she conducted an informal poll and I want to give you those statistics. Again, I'm just going through the, uh, and I was, I was, I also noticed that there was, there seemed to be some more, um, attacks toward WBSM in the media last night, which I thought we were over that, but let's see. So here we are. Morad, this is from Adam Bass's tweet. Morad said she did a poll on this, on the CPA question. Asked 139 city residents about the CPA charge. And this is her quote. I had to explain to some people what the CPA surcharge was. I guess they don't look at their bills. So maybe the bill does have an explanation as to, to what it is on it. Uh, and, and she said that out of the 139 people that she talked to, 127 of them were in favor of removing, you know, repealing the CPA. So I I've I want to know out of those 139 residents that you asked, are they residents that called you looking to repeal it, or are they just did you just randomly ask city residents, hey, what do you think about the Community Preservation Act? Do you want to repeal it? Because I I find it hard to believe, and I don't I don't have any reason to think she's making it up, but I personally find it hard to believe that 127 out of 139 people would be like, no, no, community preservation. Uh, historic preservation, affordable housing. No, no, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to give an average of like eighty bucks a year toward that, knowing that you get matching funds. No, I don't. I don't. No, I wouldn't want to take part in that. I, I find it hard to believe that it'd be that high of a number. I think that the, uh, the sample might have been tainted. That's that's what I want to know. I want to know who were the, who were the people polled. What was the methodology of that poll? And as she said, you know, it's not scientific, but it, it doesn't, just doesn't hit my ears right. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. <laughs> as 
put out. If I may. And you know, today is the final day that, that uh, we'll be giving away tickets, but Willie Nelson will always be on our mind, especially tomorrow when he celebrates his 90th birthday. But we do have our final pair of tickets to give away to see Willie Nelson and the Outlaw Music Festival, Saturday, September 16th at Xfinity Center in Mansfield, brought to you by our friends at LiveNation.com. And if you are not the final winner, but you want to go to the show, don't worry. Tickets go on sale in about 13 minutes at LiveNation.com, and you can get your tickets that way. But uh, today's winner of a pair of tickets to see Willie Nelson and the Outlaw Music Festival is Conrad St. Gilles. So you are the winner. Stay tuned for an email from Casey Sylvia. Oh, I'm sorry, Casey Dudek. She will send you an email uh, with all the information about what you need to sign and how you can claim your tickets. So uh, again, we'll be giving away tickets to all kinds of stuff coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, in just a few, actually, I think next week. Next week, we might be giving away Boston Calling tickets, three-day passes to the entire Boston Calling Music Festival, headlined by the return to the stage of Foo Fighters. Uh, also, late, uh, sometime next month as well, we will have Ed Sheeran tickets, the hottest one of the hottest tickets of the summer. We have them for you, and we'll be giving them away. So, again, I do it because why? We can. That's it. That's that's the only reason why. Because I think radio stations should give away concert tickets, and uh, we will do that. We will continue to do that throughout the course of the concert season. So congratulations, Conrad, on winning the final pair of Willie Nelson tickets today. Um, so got a, a couple app chat messages here. Uh, I'm not saying that I agree. He's talking about that caller that um, I argued with a little bit there. I'm not saying I agree with that man, but I can't see how you or anybody else on the station can give input on a city that you don't belong to. And listen, I've for years... That gentleman has called into the station, and as long as I've been doing the show, I've let him call in and talk about New Bedford. I don't care that he doesn't live here and he talks about it. I don't care that anybody lives anywhere and talks about it. Uh, I'm, I'm paid to cover it. I'm paid to talk about it. That's what I'm here for. I'm paid to take the knowledge that I have from covering it in the newsroom and now be able to share my opinions on it. Um, but I don't begrudge anybody the right to do it. What I did is I took a shot at him because he took a shot at me. That's, that's what that was about. I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to have an opinion or have thoughts about what goes on in the city. I just shot that back at him because he accused me of being on the take. First of all, who am I going to be on the take from? Second of all, if I am, where's the money? Like I, I, I tell everybody all the time, you know, my George Soros checks must not be coming in because... Uh, I'm still pretty broke. But that's what that was about. Any, anybody can call in and can, uh, and can have a conversation with me about it. Just, you know, you, you take a shot at me, expect one back. Uh, this comes from New Bedford resident who says, according to the city assessor, uh, the average home value is 310000 Therefore, the average CPA surcharge is $45 per year, not the $80 or $90 you were erroneously stating. You can confirm with the assessor. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that my small amount of money that I've been talking about is a little bit larger than your small amount of money. I base that on uh, real estate websites. So I'm sorry that I didn't call the assessor and get the exact amount. So... Thanks for sending in an app chat message that you are, you know, trying to rip me on 
that only confirms what I'm saying anyway. That only makes my point even further for me. But, you know, super cool. If you, uh, if you want to call in and discuss that, you can, 508-996-0500. And if you want to sound off on any of those questions, any of those vetoes being sustained, you can do so uh, for the next half hour when we come back after the news because at 1030 we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President and Ward 3 City Councilor Sean Oliver to talk about what happened in last night's meeting and some other things as well. And then in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll be joined briefly by Donna Halper, who is, she just has a list of accomplishments, including, and I've neglected to mention this throughout the course of the week, including that this year, in just a few weeks, she's going to be inducted into the Massachusetts Broadcasters Hall of Fame. So she'll talk with us, you know, we can talk a little bit about that and what that's all about. But we're going to talk to her about the history of South Coast Radio, some of the early radio stations that started right here in Marion and Mattapoisett in New Bedford, Dartmouth, Fall River. There were radio stations here that, of course, you know, they didn't all last. But this was a place that was a hotbed of radio activity. No, wait. <laughs> That's, that didn't come out the way that I meant it to come out. <laughs> A hotbed of activity in the radio industry in its early days. Uh, uh, I mean, turn off the lights tonight, and if you glow, I guess I'd be right uh, the first time. But, you know, this is, a, this is an area that really played into the foundation of that industry and gave it some of its, you know, early pioneers. So uh, I think that that's a fascinating thing to discuss. You may not agree, but... It's not going to be a very long discussion. So uh, I think that you, uh, you will enjoy it while it happens. And also, you can check out her book. I would recommend it. Boston Radio, 1920 to 2010. You can get it from any of those, um, you know, those little book racks that they have in the, in the, uh, in the pharmacies and in some of the stores around here. And uh, you can see it with all of the other historical books Oh, the historical regional books, you'll recognize it. Once you see the cover, you'll say, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that series of all the local books and local goings on. All right, I have to take a break. When we come back, we can uh, wrap things up for this hour and get ready for the next one. We'll be back in just a few moments. <laughs> Welcome back in. Uh, so we will be taking a break in just a few moments for the news. And uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll talk more with you for a bit. And then we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 3 Councilor Sean Oliver as we will talk about what happened last night and some other issues as well. Uh, also, something that I think might be on your mind today because it is going to be a nice day. You are going to have your windows open. You are going to be thinking to yourself, ah, I've got to get these screens replaced. I've got to get these windows replaced. Uh, but, you know, it, it's other things this time of year as well. Maybe you need some work done on your roof. Maybe you need your roof replaced. Maybe you want some vinyl siding put up on your house. Uh, taking a look at the way that some of the weather might have damaged it here in the in the spring months and thinking, I'd like to have a nice, easy vinyl siding. I can just spray it right clean. All of that is available to you from Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. They do it all. 
No job is too big. No job is too small. And they've got it all on hand so they can get right to work. No waiting for stuff to come in. They can get right to work. And you can see some of the products that they offer by stopping in their showroom at 1111 Cushion Avenue in New Bedford. Or you can go online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com and see it there as well. They're happy to talk with you about some different ideas. They're happy to take whatever vision you may have for your home and make it a reality. And again, no job too big, no job too small. They can repair a window screen that's ripped. They can do a full kitchen or bath remodel, a whole new roof, whatever it is that you need. They do it all. They've been doing it for almost 35 years. So check out the best Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. And again, online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com. So we will go into the newsroom coming up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.